With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Now time to talk tennis, and we're going to go to chat to Brett Phillips, thanks to Yonix, who on January the 15th will launch their new E-Zone 7th generation tennis racket, crafted for power. Just head to yonix.com, because Brett's one of our people. He's one of our people, and we've got the ATP Cup uh, on at the moment, Brett. Interesting day yesterday. You'd be uh, a little bit excited about what Alex uh, Dimonor did yesterday. Stephen, uh, good morning. Yeah, look, it was probably uh, Alex's uh, best performance for, for quite some time. He does have a real affinity with the uh, Ken Rosewell Arena. He won his first ATP Tour title. We go back to the inaugural edition of the ATP Cup a couple of years ago. He inspired Australia, won all his group matches uh, through uh, to the, uh, the semi-finals. In fact, he went uh, so hard that he actually uh, hurt his abdominal and had to uh, miss the Australian Open. That's the way he plays. But, gee, his energy last night, you know, Berrettini, uh, world-class player inside mm. the top ten, uh, giant of a man, you know, hits the absolute cover off the ball, particularly that uh, forehand. And, you know, Demonor took the ball early, directed the ball nicely. Uh, his wheels were fantastic. It's a really big year for Alex. I mean, he's been our number one, Stephen, for a little while now. But he's, he's sort of been in that pack, and there's a plenty who have overtaken him. There's another crop to come. And a lot of these guys now are standing at 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", bigger assets. But he's got the, the heart of the line. He can get to every ball on the tennis court. If he can just beef up a couple of areas, uh, I'm sure he's going to hopefully stay around the mark. Look, before we talk about Medvedev being upset yesterday, can you just give people an understanding of the ATP Cup? There's a lot of, what, $15 million mm. prize money on the line, but we know it's a it's now a, a precursor to the Open, but just give people an understanding of what it's about. Yeah, look, it's interesting. It, it was brought in three years ago. Uh, you know, the ATP, Tennis Australia came together. Tennis Australia wanted to change the dynamic of the, uh, the build-up to the summer, to the Australian Open. And I think the players certainly have been crying out. The players have got a fair say in tennis with the player councils on both sides. And they've always wanted some you know, more team events. And I think if it wasn't for COVID, we'd probably see a WTA version uh, of this type of yeah. uh, setup. Uh, but the issue we've got at the moment is that it's too close to the Davis Cup. We've got the Labor Cup as well. I think personally there are too many cups. The Davis Cup has been, uh, well, obliterated from what it should be. That's another story we've yeah. spent an hour on. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, the ATP Cup, look, the first year I was here, it was brilliant. Uh, but not only the Aussies, but all the countries were supported. And that's, I suppose, the multiculturalism of Australia. It had the Greek supporters, the Serbian supporters. It had that soccer-like uh, crowd atmosphere. You know, obviously the countries qualify based on their number one player. 
But as we've seen with this edition, and it's still COVID-impacted here, you know, Djokovic hasn't rocked up. Nadal elected not to play. Dominic Team wasn't right to go, which means Austria pull out. So you've got this discrepancy, which I sort of don't mind in a sense because I cover all levels of tennis. So you've got the absolute best, and then you've got some guys, and I do the court announcing here, and I'm trying to fill a cue card with a bio. <laughs> uh, the guy ranked uh, 920, who's actually got no runs on the board, so to speak. So... Uh, but they, it's their biggest moment to step away and actually have some crowds actually watch them. So, yeah, they, obviously group stages through to the semifinals, finals next weekend. Uh, the crowds haven't been great here apart from the Australians uh, last night, but we'll, uh, we'll see how it you know, sort of steps up through the week. Well, that uh, loss by uh, Medvedev last night to Ugo Mbeer, will that be just a, a small blip on his preparation for the Open? I don't think you'd be majorly concerned. You know, the players at this stage, coming off an off-season, they just want to get some good matches under their belt. And I suppose like what the Hopman Cup used to provide for those who played that format, I mean, you're guaranteed X amount of matches. And that's what the players want at this time of year. So yeah. they're stepping up and playing, you know, the doubles rubber as well. I was, you know, talking to John Isner here yesterday on court and uh, he said, well, this is, this is the time of the year when you don't mind playing the extra matches because you're a little underdone. You, you just want to get that feel of the tennis court again. Uh, so, yeah, Medvedev played uh, a pretty good match yesterday. Hugo Humbert is a, is a great player, I and mean, the French just keep providing us with amazing talent, but unfortunately none have had the mentality maybe to win a Grand Slam for a, a long, long time. But, you know, I think Medvedev on a hard court, uh, depending on Djokovic's arrival or not, uh, is you know, certainly going to be right up there as the favourite. Well, let's, let's talk about that briefly, because I was going to talk about that again, but what is the latest on Djokovic? So the situation is that over the weekend, he'd moved his training base from Belgrade. He'd been home to Serbia for a few weeks post the Davis Cup. Hasn't had really any time, no off-season really, Novak. Uh, and now has decided to go to Spain, warmer conditions uh, to really emulate the conditions of Melbourne. Uh, he's practising with the Dunlop tennis balls, the Australian Open tennis balls. We've seen footage of that across the weekend. Mm. Uh, he had applied for a medical exemption. My understanding is that has been knocked back. There are some players that have arrived into Australia who have been granted a medical exemption. That remains private. There are basically two panels that you've got to get through, and they assess those applications blind. Uh, and um, certainly sources we're hearing today uh, are saying, Stephen, that it's going to be very, very tough for Novak to get a medical exemption um, based on what they know. Now, it's going to be the next 48 hours. I think there's another one or two charter flights that are coming to Australia at the end of this week. He'd need to be on one of those to get to Melbourne with a week's prep. Um, so we know the rules. He's either got to be cleared with a medical exemption, which most people think he won't get, or he's got to be double-vaxxed. We assume he's not, but we actually don't know because he won't tell us. What's, what's, what's your read on this? I mean, what, what's your opinion on this, this, this malarkey that Djokovic has gone on about? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just dominated. Uh, I feel like I've been talking about it for months and oh, right. months. And I, I've, gone with a, I've gone with a consistent line that I'd, I'd be staggered if he wasn't here because there is, you, you don't give up the opportunities in tennis to play a Grand Slam no. unless you're injured. And he's far from that. He's got an opportunity to pass uh, Federer and Nadal. He loves the Australian Open. He's dominated the Australian Open going for a 10th Grand Slam. You'd rather get that under your belt. Uh, and, and not playing the ATP Cup, I don't think majorly disadvantages him in terms of getting some matches because he played deep into the year, as I mentioned, with the Davis Cup. So he's pretty well conditioned. Look, everyone's entitled to their privacy. I mean, we've all learned a lot through this whole COVID uh, episode, but the reality is... Um, He's got to abide by the rules of the country he's uh, he's going in. So you have to 
you have to reveal some information, um, and if he's not forthcoming on that, he just simply won't get in. And whether that pre- whether that presents an issue for him going forward around the world as um, you know rules tighten up even more, we're certainly not past all this as we know. Brett, were you surprised, or just uh, did you know that Nadal was going to turn up in Melbourne? Yeah, I was hedging my bets uh, last week. I mean, you know, Rafa's had a, a tough last six months dealing with that foot injury. Uh, he needs to get some conditioning under his belt. He's been training. Then he went to Abu Dhabi, gets COVID, he goes home. Um, there was, a, you know, just the thought in me that, gee, you know, Australia hasn't always been kind to Nadal. Uh, he's only won it once here. He's uh, never totally come in um, always cherry ripe at this time of the year. He builds into a season. Look, it's great to see him here. Uh, he'll play one of the Melbourne lead-up events as the top seed, so he'll be out on court probably Tuesday or Wednesday, unless he decides to pull out last minute and just do a training block uh, for a week. Um, hard to know. We just haven't seen him play for quite some time. Um, you know, he's he's 35. It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, if he could sneak an Australian Open if Djokovic didn't come, we know Roger's not coming, uh, and win it for a second time and get to 21. This race between these guys is uh, yeah, it's brilliant to, to watch, and I want them to play forever, and uh, as much as the next generation's uh, coming through. But... Yeah, it'll be tough, I think, for Nadal with not a lot of matches in the last six months. Yeah, you beat me to it, actually, because, you know, we have we have lived through probably one of the greatest eras of men's tennis with the, the names that we talk about. It'll be a sad it'll be a sad day, won't it, when there won't be a Nadal on the court or a Roger on the court or a, a Djokovic on the court. It'll, 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 something won't feel right. And, and is there, is there the talent that have the, the draw, like those three, to continue it on? Well, it's a fascinating question. I mean, I, you know, I, I think there is. I, mean, I, I suppose I'm immersed in tennis, so I see it on both the men's and women's yeah. side. Uh, and they may never achieve the records, clearly, of those three and then Serena on the women's side. Uh, I don't think those records will ever probably be broken uh, ever again. But I think there's certainly the talent. I think there's the, the charisma and the personality of these um, these next-generation players to you know keep tennis at the forefront. But you're right. I mean, uh, I've said all along, and I'm an unabashed Federer fan, I just love the way he's played the game. I love the way he's carried himself over a long time and that will be an extremely sad day uh, for me not to see Roger. I'm, you know, I'm just hoping he can actually get back out on the tennis court and finish his career that way rather than off court and we never see him ever again. Uh, but yeah, it's been an incredible generation. Um, these guys play at a level that Boy, uh, not many can match. And the things they do behind the scenes, you've got to be uh, you've got to be absolutely dedicated to this sport to make it happen. Just briefly, Sitsipas's uh, elbow. What's the story there? Well, he's an interesting character, Stefanos. There's no doubt about that. And uh, Apostolos, uh, his father, who's uh, <laughs> very animated, he's got a baby himself this year, so he's get uh, too many fines, uh, Apostolos, because he loves to uh, coach from the sidelines. Uh, but look, he didn't play the singles. Then he um, he came out for the doubles. So I think you know just a precaution. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's a hundred percent right. If you're looking at that brigade of Medvedev, you know Sverev looks pretty sharp to me. I've done a couple of his matches uh, at the ATP Cup. He um, he looks in really good nick. So I'd, I'd have Stefano sort of behind that group, even though he made the semi-finals of the Australian Open last year. I think he he might take a little bit of time to work into the season. But yeah, the elbow. Gee, particularly in singles, the physicality of the game at the men's level, you, you need every part of your body uh, functioning beautifully. How good. Just just one final thought, and I, I appreciate the time you're giving me, mate. Casper Rude, what what a year he mm. had, hey? Yeah. yeah, he's a ripper. Uh, it's a great story. In fact, I'm 
heading down shortly. We're going to cover Norway today in the ATP Cup. So looking forward to sitting right courtside and watching him. His dad, Christian, of course, former uh, professional, is the captain of this Norway team. He's he sort of been known as uh, the clay court specialist, Casper, and then he won his first uh, hard court title in San Diego uh, late last year. But just a game built on a really, really good work ethic. He's a former you know, junior, uh, number one. Uh, he certainly doesn't possess the same uh, vertical attributes uh, that a lot of these big-name players in the game uh, possess, but he does hit the ball extremely well. He covers the court. So this is the great part of our tennis. I mean, Diego Schwartzman's a great example of the smallest man in tennis. It's a game for all sizes and that, you know, with uh, the rackets these days and what they can do, uh, Stephen, the power that players can generate, uh, every you know, every uh, size in the game can certainly play. But no, I think Rude certainly can stay around the mark now. I don't think he's going to you know, dip too far the other way. And it's the first serve back for the Open on SEN. We'll be back, uh, yeah, Monday, January 17th. So two weeks from today, we will... Uh, we will lead uh, our coverage into uh, the opening ball of the Australian Open. So special time of uh, 9am, 11am for you guys over in New Zealand on the SCN app. You can yeah, be tuning in as we uh, count down to yeah, the opening match of the Australian <laughs> Open. And just keep keep an eye on that Robbie Koenig, right? Look after that South African. He can be a dangerous one. Loves his coffee. He'll be part of our team, so you'll hear Robbie uh, no doubt on SENZ. Uh, he's a beauty, my favourite tennis commentator by the length of the straight. So yeah. uh, looking forward to seeing Robbie again. Yeah, we've worked with him many years over here when we had the ASB Classic. He's, he's just a lot of fun. And yeah. ha- Has he actually taken you fly fishing yet? Has he found any fly fishing? No, he does try and sell it to me every time because when I do catch up with Robbie, we tend to go through all the uh, the great stuff he's done away from tennis because he doesn't get too many breaks and uh, he's a man of adventure, that is for sure. Loves his golf uh, as well. So, yeah, no, a man who's got a... Um encyclopedia of sayings oh, that he can you into a tennis commentary. It's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I know. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for your time. Have a great day at the Cup today and uh, best of luck with the Open and First Serve, mate. Pleasure. Good to chat, sir. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Brett Phillips, thanks to Yonix, who on January the 15th will launch their new E-Zone 7th generation tennis racket, crafted for power. Just have to head to yonix.com.